Welcome to America's Top Rebitons. Today's class is in honor of the 13th birthday of my daughter, Leah Eliana. I wish her a very happy birthday and many more happy and healthy years where she can shine her smile, creativity, and insightfulness with the world. I'm so happy to have on today's show, Rebitson Lifshi Eisenschmidt. Rebitson Lifshi is a Rebitson of South Caulfield Hebrew Congregation in South Caulfield, Australia, which is in Melbourne. Thank you so much for being with us today. Please tell us more about yourself and what you do. Oh, thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. So originally I am from New York. I was born in New York and I lived there um, until I moved to Israel when I was 17. And um, I lived there for a couple of years. I went to seminary. I met my husband, Mendy, and we lived there for a year. And then we moved to Hong Kong for six years where we ran a Chabad house there in Lantau Island. Um, from there, uh, so we had three daughters there. And then we moved to Melbourne about four and a half years ago. And we started uh, working with Chabad Youth, which is a huge uh, organization here. And we were running Chabad on campus, which works with uni students. So we've been doing that. We did that for four years. And then this opportunity came up to be the new rabbinic couple for South Caulfield Hebrew Congregation. And we took the opportunity. And so now this is what we're doing. We're taking care of this wonderful, lovely congregation. That's wonderful. Oh, wow. And you're such a, you're so traveled. You've seen so many places. You have so many positive and good experiences. Yeah. Baruch Hashem. <laughs> um, so today we're going to speak about the importance of placing value on ourselves. So in the crazy world that we live in with busy schedules, endless to-do lists, nonstop demands placed on us and just tons of technology to distract us. Many people have completely lost sight of who they are and why they matter. Life has turned into one big mishmash of going here to do this, racing there to do that. Our minds are literally spinning and we forget that we each have a purpose and a value. And I want to ask you how in the midst of all this chaos of life, can we realize that we ourselves have value as individuals and our value is not just running from one place to the next, like a chicken with his head cut off. <laughs> I think that's, you know, that's a really great question. And um, nowadays in the world of Instagram and social media, we can definitely lose sight of what's important. And um, it's, it's, it's important to remember, um, that for me, the world was created. So we are, we are very important. And the moment we were born, that was a moment that Hashem decided that the world was not complete without us and, and it needed us. So it's not saying, you know, the world was created for me. I'm the most important person in the world, right? It's also to remember that we have a responsibility uh, to the world, right? The world was created for us to enjoy the world and to enjoy the wonderful things that Hashem created. Um, but just the fact that we are here in this world means that we are important and we are necessary to the running of the world. So just the fact that you exist, that shows that you are important and necessary. Wow. Wow. That's really special and beautiful because each of us really has their own mission. Like my mission is different than your mission. Your mission is different than somebody else's mission. We really all have a unique mission. So we're all really vital here in this world. That's right. A hundred percent. And, you know, sometimes we may put our, our self-importance on, you know, what we do, um, meaning like, well, um, if I wasn't able to, 
you know, get my kids out on time to school. And if I'm not excellent at the job that I do, and if I, um, and if I don't look a certain way and, and, and if I don't act a certain way, whatever it is, right. So, well, then it must be that I'm not, that I'm not worth it, that I'm a failure, that because I'm failing, then what is the point of me actually being here? But again, the, we are here and Hashem created us. That means he wants us here. That means we are important. And that means we are vital. And we all go through a journey of, you know, there's definitely ups and downs in everything that we do, but we shouldn't um, put our, um, how, do, how do I say it? We shouldn't, you know, base our self-esteem on the outcomes of things that we do. Right. And it's very interesting that you say that because I learned like we, we as human beings, we're supposed to put in our work, our hashtadless. So we're supposed to put in the effort and Hashem is in charge of the outcome. So we have, right. so you have two people and they could be doing the exact same job and put in the same amount of effort. And for one, that person succeeds. And for the other one, he doesn't succeed. And there, you know, he's perplexed why we put in the same amount of work, the same amount of effort for the same job. And this one got it. And I didn't, you know, and it's just very, it's very, um, it's very interesting. And we always have to keep in mind that it's really Hashem who is in charge of the outcome. And there's a reason for whatever outcome happens. There's really a reason for it. That's right. And we all come from different backgrounds. We all have different strengths and different weaknesses. And so, you know, um, but again, we are important just because we are here. For sure. For sure. Um, so, yeah. So it's important for people to realize their own intrinsic value, like we were just saying. And people need to know how important they are and how wanted and valued they are. If not by anyone else, then definitely by Hashem. Hashem created each person in his image. And he created the world for each of us individually, as you said. And it's really sad to see people suffer from low self-esteem when they are so needed and so vital to this world and they do not even know it. And I want to see what advice you can give to people of all ages who suffer from low self-esteem. It's a really go- uh, great question. Um, I think it's really important for us to um, address the roots of the low self-esteem. Okay. Um, is it because somebody was being bullied in school when they were younger? Is it because they look different? They sounded different. Maybe they were struggling in school. Maybe they came from uh, a, a difficult home. So my disclaimer is that um, I am not a medical doctor, but I strongly encourage people to go to therapy if they need, because sometimes low self-esteem can also um, translate into um, depression, anxiety, yes. um, et cetera, right? Things that may be a little bit more serious. So that's my number one. If you are experiencing low self-esteem and you think that you may need help with that, then you please go to see a medical professional. Lots of people do don't need to feel embarrassed. It's important to go see somebody. So that's number one. Um, so, so how would I, you know, help somebody of all ages who, who has low self, who has low self-esteem. So I say, you know, think of somebody who you love so much, who you love unconditionally, Okay, it could be your mother, your father, your sisters, brothers, daughters, friends, aunts, uncles, yeah? And you love them so much. Um, and everybody, of course, has differences, yeah? Everybody is different. Yes. You know, pe- everybody looks different. There are no two people who are alike, even twins. They behave differently as well. They have different thoughts. They have different feelings. They, they, they are successful in different ways. So think about you know, somebody who you love so, so, so much, right? And we all have, and we all have faults in us also, right? And so 
but you come to love them, right? Let's say somebody, um, somebody looks different and they look in the mirror, right? Let's say, it's, um, let's say it's one of my daughters. So I have three girls and I have one boy. The oldest is 10 and my boy is the youngest. So let's say one of my daughters would look in the mirror and would say, oh, I look so disgusting. I am horrible. Look at myself in this dress and look at my face. And I just look disgusting and I'm the most horrible person. And right away, my reaction is, wait a second, you are beautiful. You are wonderful. All of your differences that you have is what makes you you, is what makes you uniquely you. And if, you know, my mother will say something negatively about herself, like, mommy, what are you talking about? I love you. You're perfect just the way you are. Okay, so what, you know, if, if, if this is different, is if, if that is different, if you feel like your nose is too big, if you feel like, you know, you're too short or too tall, whatever it is, so what? But you're beautiful and you're perfect just the way you are. And I love you. Yeah. And so the, um, the sensitivity that we give to other people, we need to remember that we are that person to somebody else as well, no matter who, no matter who it is. Right. So we are that person to somebody else. And we should also give that, you know, um, we should also give that to ourselves. Right. Yes. I may look in the mirror. Um, I'm, and I can say, well, I'm plus size. I'm tall. Sometimes I stick out like a sore thumb. I can be loud. I'm from New York. I'm in Australia where everybody's <laughs> polite. Yeah. And, and like, I don't even realize it, but maybe I'm not so polite. Like I'll, you know, in, in, in Australia, everybody says pardon when they can't hear what you said. Right. But in New York, in America, you say, what, like, what'd yeah. you say? And here that's actually really rude. And, and <laughs> right. So, so when I, you know, sometimes when I look in the mirror and I'll be like, Oh, it looks so disgusting. Oh, right. I'm so different. But then I have to remember, you know what? The love that I give to other people, I need to look in the mirror and look at, with the same eyes at myself. Look in the mirror and be like, you know, yes, you're different. Yes, you have bumps and lumps. Yes, you know, you can be loud and, you know, but you're also very friendly and you're loving. And that just means more to cuddle and more to hug and you can give more love to other people. And so we just need to be kind to ourselves, um, just like we're kind to other people. Our harshest critics are ourselves. Yes, for sure. For sure. And so interesting what you're saying, because it's it's all about positive self-talk, because you're right. Yeah. Like if you had a friend or, or a child or, you know, somebody like you were saying, and they were really down on themselves, you of, of course you would cheer them up and you would tell them all the positive qualities about themselves. But when it's you and you're thinking, oh, I can't believe I did that. Or I can't believe I said that or just something about yourself that you feel negative you should can almost switch in your mind, pretend, pretend somebody else was right next to you. Even if you're by yourself, pretend somebody else was next to you. What would that person say? What would your friends say? What would your parents say? And give yourself that positive self-talk to get you out of that, out of the depths of despair. Exactly. And, and, you know, even um, I actually run um, two Instagram pages. One is about like, you know, laughing and whatever, you know, positive stuff. And the other one is just about like being real and body positivity and stuff like that. And I'm a huge, huge advocate for body positivity. And I think it's so, so, so important for, for body positivity and mental health and, you know, really taking care of yourself and seeing yourself, you know, for you and your, and, and, and your strengths. Right. But also like accepting your weaknesses and saying, yes, I have difficulty with this, but I'm going to overcome that. So, yeah, so I have, so, so my Instagram page has a lot of body positivity on it and I am very body positive, but there are times when I'm just like, ugh, 
It looks so gross. Ew. And like, I get really sad about it. I get really sad about it. So even people who, who, who do have, you know, self-confidence still struggle with self-esteem sometimes. So just know if somebody struggles with self-esteem, you're not alone. A lot of people do. And it's just how we get out of it. That's important as well. Right. Exactly. Not to wallow in it, not to like let it drag on. Yeah. Again, which, which can be difficult. And if it gets that difficult, then to see um, a medical professional. Right. That's a very good point. Um, And so along the lines of us having value, with that value comes responsibility. And I want to see if you can please talk to us about some of the responsibilities that we have as human beings, as Jews. I mean, does our responsibility just entail of taking care of ourselves, taking care of our families, going to work, paying the bills? Or is there actually something more, something deeper that we have the responsibility to do? So um, as Jews, right, we mm-hmm. do have a bigger responsibility. You know, like I said, Bishwali Nivra Olam, the world was created for me, but that also gives us a bigger responsibility, yes. right? Um, so um, our job as Jewish people is to make a dear betachtanim, which is to make a resting place in, you know, in this world for, for, for God, for Hashem. Um, and not only that, so, so, so how, do we, how do we make a resting place in this world for Hashem, right? How do we um, uh, how do we do that, right? So, so is it just again, like you said, you know, having a nine to five job, and you know, is it all about the one and a half kids and the dog and the Corvette in the in the in the driveway? You know, what's it about? So, so by us doing mitzvahs, um, of course, you know, we we bring down you, we make a dwelling place for Hashem, but also, I actually, just learned this. I'm taking a, a, a college course, uh, like a college teacher training course um, from mikvah.org. And it's really, really wonderful. And I learned this and it really blew my mind. And I thought it was so amazing that when a husband and wife, and this can also translate into, you know, family harmony, when a husband and wife have a good relationship, um, the, first of all, it, it, it affects the neshamos, the souls of not just their children, but also their future children, and not just their future children and grandchildren, etc., but also all the neshamas, all the souls that already exist around the world, right? Wow. So we positively affect other people, and this is why um, Taras Mishpacha family purity is is one of the reasons why it's so important, right? Yes. So, so again, but but how how is that possible? So when we when we have a good relationship, right? The mitzvahs are there to help us um, achieve our um, our greatest potential, right? Because who are we intrinsically? We are a part of Hashem, right? And the Hashem gives us these mitzvahs to be able to go back to who we actually are and to be able to connect to Hashem. And that helps us um, be the best people that we can be. So when we have good relationships at home, yeah, and we, that means we are emitting good vibes, not just to our, not just in our bedroom, but to out into our living room, out into the front porch, out into your community, and out into the rest of the world, and um, and and it affects everybody around you, and that and and that actually made me think of um, we have we have neighbors who are just the nicest people, and they have such a good relationship. They have a really good relationship, and you can see how it positively affects everybody around them, and how it also it also positively affects me, right? And so we. Uh, we, we can sometimes also, you know, lose, lose track of who we are, why it's important. It's not just the nine to five job, right? 
it's not just, you know, taking care of the kids. It, it, you're, you're raising, you know, if you're raising healthy people, they'll positively affect everybody around you, but um, you are also making this world a happy place and a, you are making a dear patachtainim just by um, doing your job, meet the people who you meet, making a, making a kiddush Hashem and um, being nice to the people around you. So yeah, it, it may not seem like it's a, like it's a whole huge thing, right? It may not seem like, like it's so super important, but it actually is. And sometimes we can get lost in the grind of what we're doing. Or, you know, it's like, ugh, every morning, wake up early, get the kids to school, go to work, come home, make dinner, clean up. And then five minutes later, it's a mess again. We just get lost in all of this grind. But it's not just that. It's, you know, living as Jewish people. And um, yeah, it's getting to know yourself in connection with Hashem. Anyway, <laughs> I hope that made sense because it made sense in my mind. Yes, no, it's beautiful. It's so beautiful. And it, it really, really is true. Um, and it's so interesting as you were talking about so many things about that. So many things came to mind, like who you are and how you are makes a direct impact on other people. And you may right. not even know it at all. Um, I, you know, it reminds me of a story. Uh, I was interviewing a Robinson actually from Manalapan, New Jersey, and she had given this story. And maybe I, I want to just give it over because it has a lot to do with this. Um, so she runs a Chabad house there in, um, it's the Chabad of Monmouth County, and she has frequent guests. And she met this, this family years and years ago when she first started this Chabad house. And he had never told her this particular story before. You know, he, he was, he's married with a kid and he's never shared this particular story with them, with her and her husband. They've been friends for, I, I don't even know, 20 years. And they never knew this story until very, very recently. So before this man was married, um, he was dating a non-Jewish girl. His wife is Jewish, his kids are Jewish. But before this, he was dating a, a non-Jewish woman and she had asked him to go to a wedding with her in a foreign country. So he said, okay. And then they were on the plane and it was either going to the wedding or coming back from the wedding that he was with his non-Jewish girlfriend sitting next to her. And a few seats up, he saw he saw what looked like a rabbi, a man dressed like a rabbi with uh, with a beautiful woman next to him. They were just sitting there. I don't even think that they noticed him, but whatever. They were just sitting there and they didn't say anything to him. There was never any conversation. They were just sitting there. And the whole flight he was sitting with his non-Jewish girl, Jewish girlfriend and he was looking at this rabbi with this girl, with this woman. It was it was a rabbi's wife next to him the whole flight. So and he was thinking, you know, here I am with my non-Jewish girlfriend and here's this Jewish guy. And he found himself such a pretty girl. Why can't I just find myself a pretty girl? OK, so they land. The plane lands. Everything is fine. The 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 man in the story, he breaks up with his non-Jewish girlfriend and eventually he marries a Jewish wife and everything. And they come to Monmouth County, New Jersey. And as I said, they, they've been going to this Rabbi and Rebetzin's home for several years. One year, they came to the Rabbi and Rebetzin's home for Pesach. So they're, they're there for Pesach. And at that Pesach table was, so it was the man and, and his um, wife and his kids. And at the table was the man that he saw on the plane and his wife. And he's looking at them. He's looking at them because so many years had passed by. And he said, oh, my gosh, that's them. That's them. And still so many years between the time that he saw them in the first place, between the time he saw them at the Pesach Seder, and then between the time he saw them at the Pesach Seder to the time that he told the rabbi and rabbis in the story of everything I've told you about the airplane and seeing this rabbi and his wife, 
there was there were, there was a lot of time in between. A lot of time passed over, and it turns out that had he not seen this rabbi and his wife, he would have probably ended up marrying this Jewish girl. This I'm sorry, this non-Jewish girl, and his kids right. would have not been Jewish. But the, the point that I was trying to make was that this rabbi and his wife had no clue that this guy was even watching watching them. So just by being, just by being who they are, literally sitting in an airplane seat, they influence this man and they're responsible for future generations of Jewish children. It's amazing. So, right? Yeah. So just by the power of being who we are, we can influence people, even if we have no clue that they're even watching us or even noticing us. I love that. You know, I also have a, I have a little bit of a similar story, not as amazing, but, um, when we, when we lived in Hong Kong, so we would do like big, um, big Rosh Hashanah events and, you know, and Pesach or, and or whatever it was. And, you know, those, um, you know, there are some types of Jews who, who they'll come for Rosh Hashanah and then you won't really see them for the rest of the year. Yes. So we lived in a pretty small community called Discovery Bay and it was like 25,000 people, but it was, you know, um, mostly expats. Um, and, uh, we uh, in, and we had like this big Pesach Seder and I saw this, you know, new couple. So I went over to say hello. I said, oh, hi, it's, it's nice to meet you. I haven't seen you around before. They said, oh, we see you all the time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> we see you all the time. And, and you know, and, and, and we notice you because in Hong Kong, it's very, very hot. It's very, very, very hot and humid. And, you know, everybody's walking around in their shorts, their tank tops or whatever it is. And me, I'm going like with my long shirt and my long skirt and stockings and, and everything. And, um, and they say, yeah, yeah, but you know what? We, we notice you. And so, and so they came because, because they knew who I was, they saw me around. And so they wanted to like come and say hello and to join in the, and to join in the festivities. So, so, so it's quite interesting how, you know, again, we don't, we don't realize the effect we have on people. There was, um, we have, we, we actually have uh, a, a few stories like that. Would you like me to tell you another one? Please, yes. I love okay. those stories. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm, I'm trying to think like which one to say. Um, okay, so we would have Hanukkah in the plaza, it was called. And every year we would have maybe like 500 people come. Um, they weren't all Jewish. It was kind of also to, you know, to bring awareness and togetherness about, you know, you know about Judaism. And, and the more you know, the more tolerant you'll be as well, right? So um, we once had Hanukkah in the plaza and this French woman came up to us and said, oh my goodness, I cannot believe you're here. This is, and we had lived there, I think for four years already by then. And she had never noticed that, you know, that we were living there. And um, we, she said, you I had the most horrible day at work and she was fired and it was just a really difficult day for her. And she had just come off the ferry, which is, um, you know, we, uh, in order to, get off the island, one of the ways was to take a ferry, was to take a boat to Hong Kong Island. And so she had come off the ferry and the first thing she saw was a giant menorah. And she said that she felt such a connection and she felt so close and she just wanted to see who was, you know, who was in charge of it and who was running it. And she was a non-practicing Jew and we ended up becoming really good friends. I'm still in contact with her today. And she had lit candles for the first time and she um, had had Shabbos for the first time, and she experienced um, she experienced you know Yiddishkeit for the first time in her life. And she was already in her forties, in her mid to late forties at the wow. time. 
And she had never, ever experienced anything like this. And so, again, you know, just by being there, just by being you, just by smiling at a passerby, it, you know, like you said, it has a huge, huge effect on, on the people around you. Yeah. There's, can I just say one more? Yeah. Yeah. I love them. Keep them coming. (laughs) Yeah. This is, it's so great. So, okay. So, so my older daughter, Shana Malka, who's so super friendly, I think when she was like two and a half years old or even a little bit less. So we would go scooting around Discovery Bay. She would go on her scooter. She had her little pink helmet and her little pink scooter. And um, she used to go to the park all the time. And there was like kids that she would play with and everybody knew her. So she was just like always really, really friendly and nice. Um, and so we're walking down the block and she's zooming down the hill and she like, she like screeches to a halt and she turns, she goes, oh, that's my friend. And I say, who? And so we go back and she, and she starts talking to this little girl who's about her age. And so, you know, so, so, so I started talking to the mom and, you know, why not? Like, you know, be, like I'm quite friendly. So, so, so I'm talking to the mom and I'm asking her how, how it's going. She goes, oh, are you Jewish? So I said, yeah, yeah, we're Jewish. You know, we run the Chabad house here at the, the Jewish center. So she said, oh, I'm Jewish too. And my daughter's Jewish as well. You know, her kids are Jewish as well. Her husband wasn't Jewish, like, even though, you know, but, but he's a nice guy. Um, and so, and so we became good friends as well. And so then she also came and for the first time, it was very emotional. We have a photo of it. She lit Shabbos candles for the first time. And when they moved out of Discovery Bay, she actually enrolled her daughter into a Jewish school. That's amazing. Yeah. Just because my daughter stopped to say hello to her friend. It's, it's amazing how much, how far friendliness, friendliness goes. I mean, you could be stuck in a, in a line in a supermarket. Instead of getting stressed out, you could turn around, talk to the person behind you, talk to the person in front of you, and it can make a difference. I mean, I've seen it happen. It's amazing. And your story is, is proof of that. It's really just, just by being who we are, just by existing. Like you said in the beginning, we make such an impact on other people. It's amazing. 100%. 100%. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Rebbitson Lipschitz, for taking the time to join us on America's Top Rebbitsons. We really appreciated having you here. And once again, a very happy 13th birthday to my daughter, Leah Eliana. May the learning we did today inspire her to grow stronger and more proud of her Judaism. If anyone has any questions or comments about the podcast, or if anyone would like to sponsor a future podcast, please email us at atrebbitsons at gmail.com. That's A-T-R-E-B-B-E-T-Z-I-N-S at gmail.com. Thank you. Thank you so much. My pleasure.